This is Novel Marketing, the show for novelists who aren't necessarily fond of marketing, but still want to become best-selling authors. Episode 156. I'm James L. Rubart, but go ahead and call me Jim. I'm Tom Sumstadt Jr. And in this episode, guys, we're going to talk to you about the six things that readers want to see when they come to your website. So it's not enough to get readers to come to the website, right, Thomas? We need them to stay on our website so they don't bounce off. And it's interesting, Thomas, when you look at some of the bounce rates, if some of you use Google Analytics and, and look at the bounce rates, you can see that there are a lot of people that might come to your site, be there for a second, and then be gone. It's because we're not giving them these six things. So uh, that's what we're going to dive into in this episode. And just real quick, bounce rate is the number of people who visit your website and leave without visiting any other pages. So they come and then they leave. And in general, a high bounce rate is a bad thing, especially for e-commerce. If you're a blogger, though, a high bounce rate on a blog post is not necessarily bad. What you want to pay attention to instead is how much time someone is spending. So if they come and they spend five minutes reading your blog post and then leave, uh, then that was still a positive encounter. And so in this episode, we're going to be talking about how to pull your bounce rate down, but also how to have people spend more time on your website so that they fall more in love with you and ultimately buy more of your books. And I should say this uh, uh, episode is based off of research, actual science. Oh, so this isn't just our opinion. This is this is really the truth. I like that. So there will there will be some opinion in here uh, sprinkled amongst the science. So this is, <laughs> we uh, we don't have our lab coats on, which our listeners have they've come to expect that, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this is research that was done a few years ago by the Codex Group. Uh, so and we'll link to that in the show notes if you want any of you want to see uh, the results of that. Uh, but the first thing that the Codex Group mentioned is exclusive content. 43% of respondents want exclusive online content. Uh, So Jim, uh, why is this so important? Well, they want to feel like they're getting something that no one else is getting. They want the behind the scenes. They want the special goodies that are exclusively on your site and aren't just being posted all over Facebook. That's, I think that's just the way we're made, Thomas. We, we want that exclusivity. And so what do we give them? Well, we can give them fun things like MP3s. We can give them short stories, which we talk a lot about. We could give them whole books. Um, I I really think people can go crazy on this and just use their imagination. It can be shots from the novel. Say your novel is set in Cannon Beach, like one of mine is. Uh, Give shots there on the website that they're not going to see on social media. They're not going to see anywhere else but on your website. So they start to get this feeling, ooh, if I'm going to see some of this really cool stuff, I have got to go to the site to do it. Yeah, if somebody is going to visit your website, you need a compelling why as to why they should visit your website. And if your website is just a web version of the last page of your book with your bio and your photo, there's no good reason to come and visit your website. And so don't feel bad if your website doesn't get any visitors. (laughs) So if you want to have visitors, you got to find something to put on your website that is worth visiting. If you're going to throw a party, you got to have some food, you got to have some entertainment, you got to have some reason to come to the party. If your party is an empty room with no one in it, including yourself, because you didn't come to your own party, no one else is going to come to your party. And I feel like for a lot of authors, that's what their websites are. It's an empty room 
they unlock the door and they're like why is my room still empty and it's like because you didn't bring the party you got to set out the food you got to send out invitations you got to actually host the party so to speak uh and now i will say when it comes to exclusive content this isn't just what readers are looking for it's also what google is looking for so, so google puts a lot of weight on exclusive content if everything on your website can be found somewhere else on the web, like on Amazon, Google may assume that your website is actually a spam site that's just stealing content, uh, which is very common. There's lots of websites out there. The reason you don't ever see them, though, is because Google banishes them to what's called Google purgatory, or also known as supplementary results. When you do a Google search, there's the, you know, it says a million you know, results found, supplementary results are the bottom 200,000 of that stack, <laughs> which means no one will ever get there. <laughs> it's You're not exactly kicked off of Google, but you are effectively kicked off of Google. And so you want to have some exclusive content. You want to have something special that's unique to your website, not just for the humans, but also for the robots. Yeah. So think of your, think of um, your website is kind of the backstage pass. You want to give people backstage pass to the concert where they can go after the show. And there's this after show party and they're getting conversation with the band members and that kind of thing. Uh, that's what you're giving them or wanting to give them. That's right. A good example of doing this well, is Seth Godin, he gives more stuff away on his blog than most authors or in, in his website. So having a blog on your website makes it a lot easier to have exclusive content and to give things away for free. But also think about, you know, PDF downloads and companions uh, for your book. Just, you know, the more goodies you have, the better. And even a page named goodies or freebies is going to be a very popular page on your website. What's number two, Thomas? What's the number two thing that people want to find? Your speaking schedule. And I have found myself uh, doing this and going to an author's website and looking for a speaking schedule, especially if I was a big fan of that uh, author. And this is particularly true for nonfiction. So I realize some of these will apply more to fiction or nonfiction. Uh, novelists can speak and some of them do, but for nonfiction, especially if you have a platform already, this may be the primary drive. Some of you listening are, you consider yourself a speaker who writes rather than a writer who speaks. And if you're that kind of person, there's a good chance people are wanting to see next time you're speaking. They want to come and hear you speak or see where you're speaking. And my guess is you don't have that on your website right now. <laughs> your upcoming list of engagements, speaking engagements is completely unfindable. And uh, by not allowing that to be found, uh, you're reducing your um, potential audience. And also you're making yourself less appealing as a speaker to book. Because if I know, if I'm uh, coordinating an event and I know you're going to help promote my event on your website and you'll have a link to, you know, for people to come, well, now I'm more likely to book you because you're going to help me with my biggest challenge, which is getting the word out. Getting bodies in seats. Yeah. And the other thing it does for you is it increases your authority. If, they, if someone goes and sees, oh my gosh, this person spoke 10 times last year and they're thinking of booking you, it's not, oh, I hope they are okay. It, it shows that you've done it. You've had success doing it. You continue to get booked. You've been booked in the past. It, it increases your authority. That's right. And of course, our plugin, My Speaking Events, which we developed at Author Media, specifically crafted uh, to solve this problem. Uh, when we designed this plugin, there was no other way to solve the showing upcoming events problem. Now, if you're using a, a theme like Divi, you, couldn't, you can do it yourself 
pretty easily or you can just create a, an events page that you may update manually. But uh, my speaking events makes it easier and you can find out more about that at myspeakingevents.com. All right. So number three recommended books. So Jim, is this uh, what Codex Group says? 36% of people want to see recommended books, explainers or inside information about this book. Does that mean people want to see you recommending your own book? <laughs> no. Not no, that's not what we're talking about here. They want inside information about the book. They want the the Easter eggs. They want the trivia. They want the things that the average reader is not going to know if they just grab it off of Amazon or grab it out of the library and read the book. They want the inside scoop. I, again, it's like, and you and I have talked about this often, Thomas. It's that DVD. It's the extras that. Nowadays, if you rent a DVD, you don't get the extras. You have to, have to actually buy the DVD to get the extras. Um, and they want those extras that you're not going to get um, somewhere else. And uh, we were talking a few episodes ago about short stories. And believe it or not, uh, DVDs now include short stories. So every Marvel DVD comes with something called a Marvel short, which is an in-universe story about some of the kind of minor characters. And the only way to watch that video is to actually have purchased the movie. So you're rewarded for buying that Marvel film. Uh, but recommending other people, other people's books is really key. So if you're going to be an author, you need to be a reader. You need to be reading other people's books. And why not share those recommendations, the books that you like? Why not post them to your blog? An author who does this really well is Gar Reynolds, who has had a huge impact on my life. If you've ever seen me speak live and you've seen how I use Keynote or PowerPoint, you'll notice that I don't use bullet points and I use big, beautiful photos instead. Gar Reynolds is a big reason for why I do it that way. His book and blog uh, presentations and really influenced how I approach this. But another thing that he does that I found incredibly helpful was that he didn't just recommend books, he visually explained the gist of the book. And I went on to read some of the books that he recommended, and those books changed my life. And so his influence was multiplied, not just from his book, but the other books that he recommended. And for a lot of authors, they, they approach their website very selfishly. And it's all about them, and it's only about their books. And if they read a book that they like, they're not talking about it on their website. And this is a missed opportunity for that unique content, but it's also a missed opportunity to make a little bit of money referring somebody to somebody else's book. Barnes & Noble has an affiliate program. Amazon has an affiliate program. If you recommend somebody's book on your website, uh, Amazon will give you a little something, something for sending people there. Uh, so why not uh, make a little bit of money on the side, helping connect your readers with other good books that are similar to yours? Uh, remember, the pie can get bigger. We can all read more books. We just need to find <laughs> good books to read. And, and a, a fun way to do this, a creative way to do this, is I'm guessing most of you had a number of influences on your book. So where did your book come from? Well, I got a little bit from this TV show and I got a little bit from this movie and I got a little bit from this book and I got a little bit from this book. Wouldn't it be fun to describe, oh my gosh, I was inspired by this book and there's the link to Amazon. I was inspired by this movie and here's a link to Amazon where you can buy that movie. It, it's a fun way to give your readers behind the scenes. And like Thomas is saying at the same time, some of those people are going to go, oh wow, now I see that was in the novel they're going to link to Amazon and potentially bring you a little affiliate money. And uh, the best way to do this is through your blog, in my opinion, but you can also use a plugin like my book table to create a bookstore of books that you recommend. And I think, especially if you're writing nonfiction, 
and there are other books on your topic that you really think are good companions to your book, add those books to your My Book Table page. Build out kind of the resource for your topic uh, and become the destination for people who have questions about that topic. Uh, they're going to go somewhere. Why not invite them to your place? <laughs> uh, I remember when I was in college, a uh, friend of mine was like an older college student at the time, which now he's probably about the age. He was then of the age I am now, which is a little disconcerting. But uh, he had this <laughs> giant TV and like an Xbox and stuff. And he's like, and his house is always full of kids because he's like, the kids are going to play somewhere. I'd rather yeah. than play here where I can keep an eye on them. And he, his house is like the coolest house for kids. And he was able to keep an eye on his kids. And he kept an eye on all the other neighborhood kids too. Um, you know, you can think of it that way with your book and your website as well. People are going to be talking about books. They're going to be recommending books. Uh, they might as well be doing that on your site rather than some other site. All right. Number four is book news. 33% of respondents said that they want a weekly email news bulletins with updates on tours, reviews, and books in progress. This is a key. People want to know about books in progress. This is one of the top things. People are coming to a website of an author to look for. What is the status of an upcoming book? And the question is, can they find that out on your website? Uh, and of course, an easy way to do this is with a uh, plugin like My Book Progress, where you can show a progress bar. But there are many other ways to do this. Jim, who created this cool My Book Progress WordPress <laughs> plugin? Who created that, Thomas? Yeah, sorry, this is another free plugin from Author Media. Yeah, free. We do have a paid version, but most people are very happy with the free version, mybookprogress.com. And uh, you want to let your visitors feel like they're in the in crowd and they know. When something's come up that's affected the timeline of the book, like I just signed a contract for book number three in the series. Oh, I just got the flu and I'm running behind schedule. Uh, please pray for me. Or, oh, I just made a huge breakthrough with one of my characters. You know, put that kind of blow to blow, blow by blow stuff on your website, or at the very least, a I uh, just finished the first draft. You know, maybe you don't get that much of the weeds, but let people know when you finished a draft is really key and see. Um, the news on your website going hand in hand with your newsletter. So on author media, often when we'll do a blog post, we'll also do an email newsletter with that same uh, information so that some people get it from the blog. Some people get it from the email. We don't write something from scratch both times. We put it out in both places. And we found that to be a very effective approach. And a lot of you are saying, no, I don't want to duplicate. I don't want to offend these people who say, what? I already saw that. Honestly, you do not have to worry about that. Frequency sells. And when you are shouting to the people, it sounds like a whisper. And we've we've used that phrase before, but take it into your heart and know that it's okay to have some frequency. It's okay to get it out a number of different places. And like Thomas says, the results are 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 there. It 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 will help you. And most people are only engaging with you through one venue. They're not following you on Twitter and following you on Facebook and subscribe to your email and subscribe to your blog. I mean, you wish, right? <laughs> In a perfect world, <laughs> are we have super fans. They're like, oh my gosh, I follow you everywhere. But the chances are you listening don't follow Novel Marketing on Twitter. Or you're not a part of the Novel Marketing Facebook listeners Facebook group. 
which is amazing, by the way, and you should all join it. But I'm guessing most of you listening are not a part of that. In fact, I know you're not from our stats. And uh, you may or may not get novel marketing email newsletters. You may or may not be subscribed to new episodes of this podcast in an app on your phone. You know, some of you, uh, probably our patrons, <laughs> have doing most of that. But I'm guessing most of you are doing just one of those things. And that's going to be the same with the people visiting your website. They're only engaging you one avenue. And if you skip any of the avenues, you're not going to reach that person. All right. Number five is probably the most controversial on this list. And that is your contact information. People are terrified to share their contact information. Uh, but this is really important, especially if you're wanting to get contacted by the press. They need to be able to get a hold of you. So there's the hierarchy of contact information. At the base level, you have a contact form, which hopefully you have at least that. Uh, and if not, that's the bare minimum. Next up is an email address. Next up from that is a phone number. And next up from that is an address they can mail you letters. Now, I'm not necessarily saying not to put your own home address on there, although I could find the home address of any one of you listening just from your name online. So don't feel like hiding your home address is somehow making you safe. Uh, This information is very available. If you've ever gotten a credit card or a magazine, your information is for sale (laughs) because that's part of uh, how they make their money is selling your information. There are data brokers who know where you are. So if you get junk mail, your address is is purchasable online for probably two or three dollars. You would be shocked at how much how much information even somebody that's moderately comfortable with tech can find out about you for free. Within minutes, there was Thomas. I don't know if you ever saw this. This was years ago, um, and you could probably still find it on YouTube. Maybe I'll maybe I'll put it in the show notes. But it was this um, it was this venue where they invited people in to have have this psychic do some mind reading, and the people would sit down, and the person would just start describing this mystic guru guy would just to start describing all these intimate details of their lives, and they know they'd never met him before. They're right off the street, and all they gave was their name. And after about five minutes of revealing all this detailed information, operations and social security numbers and all this, they would whip back a curtain. And there was this team of people at laptops basically just finding out all this information in seconds. So this idea that, well, I'm not going to give my home address. I'm going to do a P.O. box. Really, folks, if people want to, they can get the information very easily. So as Thomas is saying, please do not be scared to give that information out because the people who come there, they want to be able to contact you easily. They want to feel like we are friends. So I don't have, I use the P.O. Box, um, but the main reason I use a P.O. Box, frankly, is because as a millennial, I I knew when I moved to Austin from college uh, that uh, millennials move around a lot, and I knew I was going to move along, around a lot, and my mailing address was going to keep changing, and I wanted a permanent mailing address, and that ended up being so smart. So I have lived in you know, half a dozen different places over the last 10 years that I've had the same P.O. Box <laughs> that <laughs> I've been able to keep with me, and so... I am not living out of my parents' mailbox for important communications like a lot of millennials do. Um, And the P.O. Box has allowed me to do that. So I'm not saying you have to put your mailing address on your website. Yeah, and I'm not saying I'm not saying that either. But but at least it's a way a way to get a hold of you. Right. But But I am saying that you not having your mailing address on your website is reducing the amount of fan mail you get. Uh, physical fan mail and physical fan gifts, like having readers mail you a gift because you touch them with your book 
is not is something that you just miss out on when there's no way to mail you something. So just realize that. Uh, and then some of you are like, oh, I don't want to give my phone number away. You know, people might call me. I'll tell you, I have Author Media has a phone number on the top of our website, and it almost never gets called <laughs> um, by somebody visiting the website. It just rarely happens. We have tens of thousands of visitors. Now, if you're nervous about getting calls at midnight or whatever, you can sign up for a Google Voice number, which I believe is free. It was free when I signed up. I think it's still free now. And um, Google Voice, you can get a second phone number. It will ring to your cell phone if you want it to. Uh, but you can also set a schedule. So I want it to ring to my cell phone, but only between nine o'clock in the morning and five o'clock in the evening. And otherwise I want it to go to voicemail and it's very powerful and it's very safe way uh, to share a phone number because if somebody from the New York times is writing an article and they want to quote from you and they, their deadline is in two hours, how are they going to get a hold of you right now? And if there's no way for them to get a hold of you right now, they're not going to get a hold of you. So if you're wondering why the New York Times is not calling, it's maybe because there's no way they can call you because you don't have a phone number on your website. And there's a cost to you not sharing that. There's a great article on Author Media written by Rob Eager where he makes the case, don't play hide and seek with your readers and especially don't play hide and seek with the press. We'll talk more about how to get interviewed by the press uh, in a future episode we are, we've already been working on it. i'm very excited but i won't i won't say any more hey one more thing thomas one more thing i want to talk about on contact and that is i have switched my email address over uh to gmail so i'm doing most of my things on gmail now and uh james l rubart at gmail.com see there you go so you've got my email address and i wanted to get this one particular blog that i love uh subscribe to that email address so i went to the blog and in this, I'm not going to say the name because a lot of you would know the name of this blog. And I searched and searched and searched and could not find a place to subscribe to the blog. So we suggest if you're a blogger on your website, even check that. That's part of being able to contact you. See how easy is it for somebody to subscribe to that blog. That's really good. And uh, related to that, of course, your social network information. There's a certain kind of person coming to you um, who is... Uh, just looking for your social network information. And I will say uh, for my other show, Creative Funding Show, I'm often reaching out to people to invite them to come on the show as a guest if they have a Patreon page. And I am often searching and searching for contact information. And I'm like, I want to promote you. I want to promote the way that you make money and encourage people to give you more money. Just give me a way to contact you directly. And very rarely am I able to find that. It's often very frustrating. And for some people, they just don't get contacted with me. So they would have been invited on the show, but now they're not because their contact information is so hard to find. And if I can't find direct contact information, uh, the next way I will often try to reach out to them is on social media. So I'll look for a link to their Facebook, I'll look for a link to, to their LinkedIn or their Twitter. So you want to put um, very prominent uh, or at least very obvious links to your social media. And this is an improvement we've made on the Novel Marketing website, actually. We now have a link not just to our social networks, but also to our new YouTube channel for people who want to subscribe <laughs> to Novel Marketing on YouTube. There's now a little YouTube icon in the banner of our website. I had to get a little Divi plugin uh, to add that, but I'm very excited about it now that it is added. <laughs> so Thomas, is the, I'm not sure if this is number six or number seven. Maybe we're giving them a, a bonus um, idea here. 
Yeah. So, so number, number five was contact information. Number six was your social network links. And then finally, number seven is good photos. This just kind of applies to your website as a whole, but good photography is what makes the difference between a good website and a bad website. Often when someone sees a beautiful template and they copy that template and it looks terrible for them, they're they're like, why does this look terrible? And the reason it looks terrible is because what made the template look good was good photography, and they're using their own bad photography, and it makes the site look bad. So you can't make a site look any better than the photography. A fancy design won't fix bad photos, and a good design uh, and a bad design can be saved with good photos uh, in some cases. So it's really all about those photos. So le- invest in getting good photos. Invest in getting good headshots. We've done some episodes on this in the past. I'll try to put some links in the show notes on how to uh, take good photos. You know, learn about the fundamentals of lighting. Uh, we all got really fancy cameras with smartphones, but most people don't understand how to light the photo. And and just googling it, and just watching a five minute video on how to light a photo. Uh, can change the rest of your photos for the rest of your life. Uh, so if you have a camera and you take photos of that camera and you owe it to yourself to study just a little bit on how photography works and how light works and how to have better photos, because if those photos end up on your website, it will really make a difference. And another kind of cheat or hack shortcut, if you will, is to buy photos from somebody else who knows how to take good photos. So buy stock photos and use those instead. And that's what you should do. You should have professional headshots done. There are so many sites out there now with high quality, a lot of them free, license free, where you can grab these things for free. Um, And so there's no excuse not to have great high quality photos on your site. And we encourage you, and there's some debate on this, but um, my opinion is when they go to your site, they need to see you, your photo of you on that site very quickly, hopefully on the homepage, certainly on the about page. Because they, that's part of why somebody goes to a site, a reader goes to a site, hey, I wonder what this guy looks like. And the other thing is, I know we all, all want to look good. <laughs> I know we feel like all of us look better when we were younger, but please don't use the 15-year-old photo. Um, use one that's current. And the real simple reason why is you don't want people who meet you, their first thought to be like, oh, wow, that person looks bad. <laughs> Or where, where's the author? <laughs> yeah, or where's the author? Because uh, they're comparing you to a younger version of yourself. Uh, just just be confident in who you are. Embrace who you are. You are exactly who you were meant to be. And um, don't be afraid of that. And I realize it's easier said than done. Uh, I definitely struggle with that myself. But uh, anyway, uh, just just own it. And I will say, I found the episode. It's episode 98, Seven Tips for Best-Selling Author Portraits. And we'll have a link to that in the show notes. All right. Um, so this episode is brought to you by the five-year plan to becoming a best-selling author. Jim? The five-year overnight plan to becoming a best-selling author. Five years of nights, and then one night you'll be a best-selling author. <laughs> five years of nights. That's right. You can do it. That's right. That's right. So we, Thomas and I created this plan. It's really a step-by-step guide through the fi- first five years of your writing career, because most authors starting out on average, it takes 10 years from the time they start this journey to the time they published. And essentially Thomas and I took, I took what I learned uh, through my process of becoming um, a published author and Thomas, his vast research and working with hundreds of authors. We put this together into a plan and we tell you exactly what to do quarter by quarter for five years. And 
yes, we guarantee by the end of it, if you follow our plan, you will become a best-selling author. So if you want to check out this course, we've had great feedback from the people who have gone through it before. Um, and also, if you say after 30 days uh, of having it, you go, yeah, this thing isn't for me. Great. Um, say it didn't work for me and we'll give you your money back. Anyway, you can learn all about it at novelmarketing.com slash courses, the five-year plan to become a best-selling author. And I should say it's within those 30 days. You have 30 days, whatever reason, money back guarantee. And that's the five years. I tried it and it didn't work. You don't get to say after five years, I didn't try it and it didn't work because we guarantee you right. it's not going to work <laughs> if you don't actually try it. You got to put it into practice. Do the work. <laughs> uh, speaking of courses, we are in the, as we record this, in the middle of our book launch blueprint course. And that has been so fun. Oh, that's been great. Yeah. We're doing this one differently where everyone is going through the course together. So everyone is doing day five together, do day six together. And the Facebook group is one of the most active Facebook groups I've ever been a part of. Yeah, seriously. It, it's a little overwhelming. And, um, you know, we didn't promise we were going to comment on everyone's post. I'm glad we didn't because, wow, I'd be doing nothing but Facebook this whole time. But it's great to see the growth in the students and the, the ahas. And I, I'm just really enjoying it. So I'm we're going to lean towards doing this in the future with more of our courses, I think, because I, I can see why people are doing this. I haven't talked to Thomas or Mary about this, but given what's happening, I think we're probably going to do the book launch course again. So if you're saying, ah, oh, shoot, I missed out on that. Don't worry. We're, we're, we'll do it again sometime. And a quick update on the baby. The baby is still not here. My wife is very much ready <laughs> to give birth, uh, but uh, the baby is taking its time. So we are, we are waiting. Although she's not, She's, I think it's called early for full term right now. She's at 37 weeks. Uh, so uh, we have a few more weeks to go before she's officially full term. But uh, if I disappear for a couple of weeks, you will know why. <laughs> and uh, Jim, I hear you just got nominated for yet another award. Yeah, so I got my fifth uh, fifth Christie nomination, just found that out this morning. And, and the funny thing, Thomas, is my book came out in February of 2018, and I thought it was calendar year. I thought the book had to be published in 2017, but apparently the cutoff with, was March, so I just got in under the wire. So I didn't even know I'd been uh, had a chance to be nominated, and then I found an email from my publisher this morning saying, congratulations, you're a finalist for, for the Christie Award. So yeah, real fun. Yeah, that's awesome. And and it, what category are you nominated in? So I'm in the visionary category. That's awesome. All right. Our featured patron is the Time Drifter series by Lauren Lynch. Explore ancient civilizations from a Christian worldview in the historical fantasy Time Drifter series, which is appropriate for all ages. And you probably know this, but you have been listening to James L. Rubart and Thomas Umstead Jr. on the Novel Marketing Podcast giving you novel ideas on how to promote yourself and your writing offline, online, and everywhere in between. Thank you so much for listening.